morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Fantastic, man. Good. It's a, it's a beautiful day. It's a little bit overcast. I like that. Yeah. In summertime? It, yeah, it's a little bit cooler. Yeah. It cuts through the blaring heat of summer. Yeah. Uh, and it's not raining, which well, is perfect. Well, my fair-skinned brother, I understand where you're coming from. Yes, I say <laughs> often. The son and I are not friends. You like where the mic's at? I saw you do your, you know, arm's length away judge there. I mean, that's the... Yeah, like, yeah. it's like uh, nails on a chalkboard for me right now because it's not like directly in between both of us. It's like off of our direct line between us, which is a bi-directional mic. It is. And it should be directly in our linear plane between us. And it's offset. Yeah. You going to be okay? Yeah, but we're going to try this because... Uh, of the way that we're not facing each other. We're kind of facing it like, you know, 60 degrees. Yeah, this is the way that we're, uh, the way that we're angled. You got a call there, John? What do you got going on over there? Yeah, I got a little text. I got a Facebook message that says, have you seen this? Oh. I'm assuming that's a, uh, you know, somebody was hacked. Somebody's got a virus. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, to get you know you this guy. Hello, I'll mention Who are you? Do, do you know, uh, do you remember Nick Mastraco from Crown? He was a New Yorker guy. He's Italian. Anybody named Nick Mastraco <laughs> is a New York Italian. He's, he's an awesome guy, man. He's uh, he's working with the local like TV, I think a radio station, actually. All right. Uh, one of their media people. Pretty cool guy. All right. Anyway, hello, Nick, if you're listening. If not, yeah. I'm going to send you a link and say, hey, you better listen to this one because right. we, uh, we talked talk a lot about of crap you. about you. Talked about what a, what a jabroni you are. No. No. You said no, he was a good me. guy. I'll take it your word. He's a good guy. F- funny story about Nick. I was traveling, coaching, and uh, ended up in Mobile, Alabama, one trip, and post on Facebook. You know, it's my first time in Mobile. Well, Nick reaches out. He's like, man, I'm in Biloxi, which hey. is like right close. Yeah. Right. So we ended up getting together. We had, uh, he bought me a steak. Nice. And I uh, bought him uh, about seven shots of... Uh, <laughs> Pickle Moonshine. Have you ever had Pickle Moonshine? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, you have had it? I have. Oh, I was kidding. I I didn't buy him seven shots of Pickle Moonshine. I have uh, friends who are big enthusiasts of Of the the fake moonshine moonshine that you can get in liquor stores. The brand Moonshine. Yeah, which is... uh, And they have every flavor. I don't know the specifics of that, but that is not strawberry. Yeah. I, right. I mean, it wasn't made in a uh, backyard. But gym I mean, it's not still. the same proof, right? It's right. Well, there's. I mean, you know, they don't label real moonshine with the proof. <laughs> but it, moonshine. I mean, as far as I know, like they make it like you know from corn or mash or it's, whatever. It's but pretty it's, potent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yes. So yeah, I'm sure they make it in a different way. I don't know. Right. Well, it has to be. You know pass whatever FDA requirements there are on right. distillers. I don't, to me, I equate it to like, you go, uh, I don't know, you know how they have like the, the seltzers now that have like real vodka and real fruit juice right? and they just put seltzer water in it and boom, that's what you're drinking. Yeah. But then you go to the gas station and you're like, I kind of like a seltzer. Well, it, on the side it says malt liquor beverage. Right. You know, so you're not getting a real seltzer water with some fruit juice and liquor in it. You're getting Colt 45 
with some strawberry flavoring or something, right? right? Well, you know, it's whenever they mass produce something and government gets involved and ever since about teenage years i don't drink anything that says malt liquor beverage on it <laughs> had enough of that when i was uh you know when, when i was underage yeah getting somebody did you drink some mad my... dog did you i don't know if i ever had mad Dog. you know i did one time we got a bottle of night train oh. just because that's when uh, guns and roses were popular yeah and they had this song out night train oh yeah so we were like oh we gotta go try this it must be awesome I had a buddy of mine. It's like who, the cheap. It's like Mogan David wine. Right. I yeah. had a buddy who played at University of Florida with me, and he only drank private stock, <laughs> which was a malt liquor. Is this? Oh yeah. Never heard of this. Yeah. What about Old English Eight Hundred? Did you bring that up? No, I did not. Yeah, but that's you what, did. That's what we used to get. The forty of Old English. How about 800? the uh, what was it uh, Four Loco? Never heard of that. That was a little bit after my time, but yeah. Um, I uh, I had one Four loco one time with a buddy of mine, and yeah, that's an interesting kind of thing there. I, I've heard that they just like knock you on your butt. I don't well, know. But I think they have like caffeine in them, or oh, uh, I don't know. I think it's like you know high alcohol for uh, something sold in a gas station oh, okay. in the beer section. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they have the higher alcohol content as well as some kind of energy component. And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a wild ride there. <laughs> I only did it one time. Well, and uh, Yeah, luckily, luckily those days are far behind us. Yeah. We don't have to deal with no. the Red Bull vodka slammer at the bar anymore. No, no we're more, uh, let's let, give us a quiet table on the back porch somewhere yep. and a glass of scotch. Scotch. A couple of cubes be great. We have some friends that partake in the cigars. We're not very big into cigars. I'm not. Never have gotten really become. And, and I say we're up. not very big into it. I don't think I've smoked a cigar in Ever? 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, growing up in South Florida, you have, you know, a lot of influence from uh, yeah. Latin Cuban, America and yeah. Cuba and Haiti and all the tobacco growing islands. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've had a few cigars, but yeah, never really gotten into the habit. Yeah, me neither. Well, yeah. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Thank more, you for joining one, one, me, one, Ray. One more time. Oh. Because I think I was talking over you. Okay. Well, Ray, I want to thank you for joining me here today in our studio, the Saturday Morning Sales Meeting studio, and uh, let's, let's welcome our audience, shall we? We shall. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for joining us. So today, uh, before we get to our topic, we're going to share a little, little current events segment. Yeah, it's Friday. Uh, Again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're doing two episodes today. We may not. We released one earlier today we did. on Friday, uh, but we we may release this one tomorrow. Might be next week. It'll probably be next week. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It'll be today, the day it's released. Man, you're blowing my mind over yeah. <laughs> You know, that reminds me of, uh, you've heard of Sun Tzu, right? Yes. Well, there's Heart another, of War. There's another guy uh, called Lao Tzu. You heard of this guy? No. Well, uh, That's Sun's brother? Uh, Jeff Gann, he's a fleet department manager at Ford of Ocala. Yeah. He posts a uh, little quote here. He who knows does not speak. He who speaks does not know. Wow. 
which I think if we kind of brought that up to 2020, you and I might say that, you know, the loudmouth in the room probably doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, well, right? you know, it, it uh, is a good reference back to uh, a quote I see here that the strongest people are not those who show strength in front of us, but those who win battles we know nothing about. I love that. Yeah. You know, there was one I heard back, um, I was on the road somewhere, I don't know where I was, but I was talking to another coach, and, uh, you know, he says, if the dealers knew uh, what all we do in the background and don't ask credit for, you know, they'd never cancel. And so we started talking about that, and I forget what he said exactly, but some quote he had heard that, like, when you do your job well, nobody realizes you've done anything at all right yeah but but you can't we were kind of having the discussion that as a consultant or as a manager you can't really do it like that like you almost have to you know be less humble and say all right here was the problem we encountered and here's what we did to solve it you know and and here's how we it was an incredible success yeah you know but i'm just internally, I'm more of that humble guy where, like, I'd rather be in the background just making stuff work. Yeah. Rather than out there telling you how great I am. Yeah. But there's certainly that element of if you're not promoting your own success, yeah. then who nobody else is going to promote it. Right. I, I learned that very early in my career. I was the executive director for Habitat for Humanity in my 20s yeah. down in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale area. And met with uh, the chairman of the board, right? It was a board-run organization. I met with the chairman of the board, and he said, you know, well, well, what do you, you know, what's going on? I mean, what have you been doing? And so I started, well, you know, I did this and got this and donations and this, you know, move forward on with city planning and blah, blah, blah. And I thought he was going to give me accolade. Yeah. Right? I've been doing a lot, right? Let me show you. Oh, I'm glad you asked, right? And he looks at me and says, I can't believe I'm hearing all that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, why wouldn't you share that? Uh, why would I share it? I'm doing my job, yeah, right? My job. Doing, yeah, this is what you're paying me to do. And, and he was like, listen, if you don't promote what you're doing, nobody else is going to. Right. So consider it part of your job to let people know that these things are occurring and that you're doing all this great stuff because it is of no value if you don't promote it. And I was like, wow, right? I mean, you know, he was kind of chastising me at a point that I thought I was going to get a pat on the back. (laughs) So, yeah. I I don't know that I learned that lesson real fully because, again, I'm that kind of guy who, listen, if if I have to tell you, I've diminished the value. But that's unfortunately, that's not the case in the society we live in. Yeah. Well, I think that you and I can agree. We've been in rooms. We've been in organizations. We've been in meetings where... The guy that has the floor, the guy that's talking the most, is probably the least talented or the least experienced or the least knowledgeable. Right. And so it does kind of breed a little uh, contempt. You know, I mean, I want success for the next guy as much as the other guy. Absolutely. (laughs) But, But still, sometimes those of us who are doing the work in the background, those of us who are actually performing with the actual experience and the actual knowledge are kind of overshadowed by the people who talk the most. 
or talk the best game. Right. Which, I mean, you know, I take that as a challenge. Okay, then I need to, you know, up my talking game. Yeah. I need to be more effective in that. Right. But by the same token, yeah, it's, uh, it happens. And I think we're all aware. And I think, hey, most business owners, most people that have risen to the level of, you know, executive management or whatever in any sales organization, they can recognize the BS, right? Ah, uh, I, I don't know that I can agree with that fullheartedly. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 I just can't. slipped that in there, Ray. And and the reason is because it, it, I think the the reality is, you know, they've risen by their own work, right? The, so they're busy doing the work. Yeah, and they may not be great at the, the, the people who the managers, the owner, and, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or the top levels. Yeah, right. So they may not be great at recognizing who is all bluff and bluster mm-hmm. and who is really getting it done. Especially if the the getting it done people are not making them aware. So mm-hmm. you know they're they're not necessarily you know the people at the top are not necessarily great. You know, managers as far as truly managing people, they may not be great hiring. I, I'll give you an example: yeah. a guy who I've known for years and good friend, and also a client. I, I mean, I want to tell him, listen, you need to stop hiring because of the last five hires he's made. He, you know, come back and say, man, these guys are rock stars. Yeah. I mean, you know, these guys are fantastic. And then here, you know, three months, six months down the line. They're they're horrible failures, yeah. <laughs> and he's you know yeah I'd let that guy go. Well, wait a minute, I thought he was a rock star. Yeah, oh well you know he just he, he wasn't getting it done. <laughs> well, all right, well at some point and you know somebody we respect have, have some little self actualization there. Yeah, internal reflection. You know, I mean we we both worked with him for Lawson Owen, mm-hmm. and uh, I D- remember different scenario right. not that guy you were talking no, about no he different yeah completely different but lawson stood in front of the whole uh, company company yeah. and said i am no longer hiring because i apparently suck at it right. i mean he was just he, he went, well in, in lawson's defense he should well not no so defense hard. i mean i, I respect no, I mean, he, the fact i mean he shouldn't have been so hard on himself right because the industry that he's in is not only the car business that right. has huge turnover right. but it's also the traveling consultant right. genre of the car business which yeah, i mean that's a hard gig to get people to stay in yeah being gone five six days a week i mean even if it's you know only five and not six yeah. i remember times working for lawson that i mean i would literally I would catch the red eye at 11.30 out of Phoenix, 11.30 p.m. Phoenix time. Right. I, I flew in, I remember one weekend, I flew into Knoxville where my uh, car was because I'd driven to Knoxville earlier that week. And got home. I ended up getting home at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. About 1 o'clock on Sunday, I got another flight to fly Right, out, you right? got to get on the plane. Oh, well, absolutely. Literally time to wash clothes and, and feed the cat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hop back on a plane. Yeah. So no, that, that's not an easy life, and uh, not it's not for a lot of people. Especially, I mean, I'm a single guy, but I can't imagine being married, having kids, and you know, and doing I live that life. that life, being married and having kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is, it is 
it's certainly kudos to those who do it for long periods of time. Yeah. I mean, I did it for, you know, I mean, still do it, but not at the degree where it was right. 22 working days a month well, on the road. Yeah, it's funny. We've talked about it, and I think we've agreed that we don't mind traveling, but it's it, it's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit of comfort to know that we can decide when we travel. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we have to be a little flexible with client schedules and things right. like that. But, but yeah, it, when you know you're going to leave Sunday and you know you're going to get home on Friday, well, there's an advantage to or Saturday morning scheduling, doing your own schedule as opposed to somebody imposing a travel schedule on you. Yeah, even if it's the exact same schedule. Yeah. Right. Just the fact that, you know, okay, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and book up this week and, you know, I'm going to book next week, too, because, you know, here's what I'm doing with these clients. And, you know, I really need to be there on site. And that that has a whole different feel to it than somebody going, okay, I got you booked through the next two months. And you're like, oh, crap. It's a funny thing, that illusion of control. Right. Or, you know, maybe the actual ability to control. But, um, yeah, man, I think, that you know, that's what makes... Zen and the the Buddhism and the sad guru is so interesting is it's like, man, we don't control everything we think we control. Yeah. And the more you can kind of be okay with that, right. the more peace you're going to find in your life, right? Or fool yourself into believing that you're in control because there's some <laughs> peace in that, right? Amen. Do I really want to be completely enlightened as to how little control I have? Or maybe not. Maybe I just want to believe I have yeah, some. Yeah, I'm happy if I feel like I have control. Leave me alone. Yeah, you can travel the same number of days let every me, month. Let me feel like I was in control but, but of that. But feel like at any moment you could go, you know what, I need to, I need a week break. Yeah, because I'm going to be the first guy to go, you know what, I need to get there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on, do you have any current events you'd like to share? I mean, you just shared that one. but Yeah, uh, I, I have, have a, a, another one here. Okay. I am in competition with no one. I have no desire to play the game of being better than anyone. I am simply trying to be a better person than I was yesterday. I like that. That's a long-winded way to say a, a quote I've heard before is, the only person I have to be better than is who I was yesterday. I don't know mine was that much more long-winded. Yours was like three sentences. Mine was one. All right. It's two sentences as I'm looking at it, but yeah, you know, long winded just felt very negative. I bet one of those was a run on sentence, though. Okay. Should he have used no, a no, semicolon? No, I'm sorry. I see a third period in there. Oh. You were right. You were right. Okay. Hey, man, I'm, I'm willing to admit when. Truth comes out. You, yeah, let's put some I, money on it next time. I would not have put money on it until I confirmed. <laughs> you only bet on things you know you're going to win. Well, I mean, that, that I, takes the fun out of it, Ray. Got to be a chance you're gonna I, lose on on things that I feel confident about. Yeah, I, I didn't feel. Oh, confident. see, I don't even need that. <laughs> Hell, I'll wager if you know. Yeah, if I got a pretty good idea, <laughs> depends on the odds. You know, Kevin from the office. He yeah. said, if anybody ever gives you a hundred to one odds on anything, take it. Take I don't it. care what it is. <laughs> take it. So, I think Jim had told him. Uh, you know, I don't Something was 101 odds. Yeah, I don't even remember what the thing was. It, it was like that Michael was going to play in the NBA. And, and he said, I'll take $10 on it. Uh, 
Okay, Ray, I have another. This is Herb K. Mast on LinkedIn. Uh, great connection of mine. Very close LinkedIn connection. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you guys are linked tight. Yeah. So he has a video here, and I won't play it for you because I don't want to uh, you know, play his stuff without asking him, but I will read it to you because I think that's public. He says, there is no efficiency without effectiveness. Most issues arise when we try to be efficient versus trying to be effective. All right. What do you think about that? The reason that that kind of stands out to me is you and I have uh, recently, with a, uh, a guy that we know, done a brief stint in landscape design and maintenance. Correct. Uh, yep. And what we found very shortly after getting involved with that organization was that efficiency was important. Right. To get the labor hours and this kind of thing in line. But without quality control, it didn't matter because we couldn't sell. Right. Ultimately, there was a hierarchy within landscape. And I would I would say in a number of businesses, and, you know, the first thing is quality. Mm-hmm. The second thing is efficiency. Right. And then you can do sales. Right. I think I, you I left think out you meant- the, the first one was safety, Right. Is it that right? I think it, no, it was quality. That you produce a quality product. Okay. Right. Safety kind of is an overgirding factor of all of that. Okay. Right. But the first one is quality. Mm-hmm. Right. That you're doing, and I, I would say a service department could do the same. You could say the same thing. Right. Okay. First, you have to make sure that you're providing a quality service. Right. That you have. You're fixing the issue that. Yeah. Is. That you have people in there who are going to do a good job, who are conscientious and. And you've got, you know, something to sell of quality. Right. Then you work toward efficiency, right? Because that's where the, you know, the pennies add up to dollars. Right. Right. So now, can I be the most efficient in the time of my tax or, you know, in the landscape industry of the the time of, of the people providing the service? And then... Once you've got a quality product that you're efficiently doing, now you can really bolster sales because you've got something to sell. It's a quality product, and you know you can make the margin on it because <laughs> you, you you paused your cat. That's pretty cool. Does he know? Do you hear, I don't know if they can hear that on the mic, but the, the cat is at the door meowing, and, and I just and held up my finger. You looked up your, I looked over there and held up one finger like, hey, give me a minute. Yeah. Right? We're in the middle of a podcast here. Right. Buddy. And he kind of talked back to you a little bit there. You know. Now he's looking out the window. Yep. Imagining what it's going to be like when that door opens. is over. <laughs> yeah. Where am I going to go first? All right, buddy. I'll let you out. Okay, Ray, the cat is out. Uh, we can resume. Oh, our, good. You know, because we can't do anything without the cat approving it. Right. Or otherwise, he's going to sit there and meow on Mike the entire time. All right. Uh, so, yeah, safety, quality, efficiency, and sales. All right. Well, you, you're dying for safety to be the first one, so we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> Safety's important. All right, I, 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 I like it. I like bash it. you on that. Whether you're in landscaping or service department or yeah. uh, if you're uh, grooming elephants, it's important to be safe. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that. John Maxwell. I don't, I'm sure you know John Maxwell. He's I am. A, he's very a close, close LinkedIn connection of mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we've uh, we've been LinkedIn connected for years, man. We're uh, we're like this, right? I'm holding my fingers up, right? I I, I hold the fingers up with the thumb out to the side yeah. and say, yeah, we're like this, and I'm the thumb. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, you like that? With your fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, and then the thumb way out to the side. Yeah, yeah we're like this. Okay. So John Maxwell says, just because something doesn't do what you planned for it to do, doesn't mean it's useless. And actually, I say John Maxwell says this, then it says dash Thomas Edison. So he's he's posting a Thomas Edison quote, which, you know, the best consultants steal a thing or two. Right. No. Good consultants (laughs) steal a thing or two. The best consultants do what, John? They steal a lot. They steal everything. All right, so it looks like, but at least he gives credit to Thomas Edison here. Just because something doesn't do what you planned for it to do doesn't mean it's useless. And this is how I feel. I mean, he says it, but I kind of, this is how my brain works about employees. You know, I, I go into dealers all the time and they're like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a week away from getting rid of this guy. You know, I'm about to fire this person. And I'm like, well, I mean, why are you going to fire them? Well, I mean, because they're not doing the role. I mean, I hired him for this role. They're not doing it. I'm like, all right. Well, what else you got going on? He's like, well, I need to hire three people over here in this department. Like, okay. Are you starting to see a bigger picture here? I mean, maybe, you know, perhaps this person, you know, why are they failing? Right. Were they trained? You know, where, or do they just not show up on time? Okay. You know. Yeah. But and and I know uh, one of my my wife's clients. You know, she's a outsourced CFO, and one of her clients actually had somebody that they were planning on letting go, and had a need that he seemed to gravitate toward those type of activities within the job, mm-hmm. and said, you know what, maybe he would be better served in this other role, and now he's one of the top people of the company yeah i mean you know this was what you know six years ago well that's exactly what i mean and he was two weeks away from being let go he has no idea (laughs) he thought he was promoted right and because he was doing such a great job but it was a great fit yeah right it was just finding the right role it's square peg round hole well let's find the the square hole for that square peg i've had a, a lot of instances where like um you know salespeople are don't cut it in that role. And so we put them in service or put them in BDC. Yeah. And vice versa, man. I, uh, last dealership I worked for directly, um, you know, running a big multi uh, brand store, Chevrolet Buick GMC Cadillac store, guy who came in as a salesperson, terrible as a salesperson. We were going to let him go. And I said, no, let's move him to the BDC. He was one of our top performers in the BDC. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, finding the right role. So it kind of goes into another current event I have here. All right. It says hot recruiting tip. It says the battle for top talent does not end once a candidate accepts a job offer. I repeat, it's not over. The interaction with your HR team over the first month will have a significant impact on the new hire's perspective of your organization. If you want your new hire to still be there a year later, keep treating them like you are courting them through the entirety of the process. There's nothing more off-putting than being offered a job and then being sent to coast in a sea of confusion and uncertainty all the way to your first day. Well, I agree with that 
as a way to keep valuable people, but you're also kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you're not doing that, you know? Why would you spend all this time trying to find a great employee and then say, there's your desk, there's the lot, go send me a car, you know? Or whatever, whatever the position is. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta have some onboarding process. Right. You gotta tell them where, you know, who to ask about this, where, when do I get my check, you know, and what are the processes on this deal? I would say most new employees become ingrained in your culture or disillusioned in the first month. Yeah. Right? Either they feel like, hey, I made the right decision, this is a great organization, they're really helping me, or they're like, God, they threw me to the wolves, and yeah, you're going to lose 50% of those people. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Do you remember the the movie, The Odd Couple? Oh yeah, I do. Why? Do you? I do. It's unrelated. It's just you know a little side topic here. All right. So you got uh, who was the guy that played Quincy? Yeah, but he was he in the movie. He was. He was in the TV show. Oh, you're right. It yeah. was Jack Lemon. Right. And uh, was it the guy who? It was the guy with the short black hair. Yeah. What was his name? What else did he play in? No, Jack Lemon was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking he about. He was the kind of the the guy who got kicked out of his own apartment and right. Okay. Then who played the straight man? Who played the clean guy in the uh, movie? No, that was the clean guy. That's what I thought. Jack Lemmon played the clean guy. And who played the Oscar? Oh, oh. So the clean... Oh. I, forgot, I thought the clean guy had the apartment, but the clean guy got kicked out. Right. Yeah. yeah. He was asked, and then the slob, to, leave, the he was asked to move out of his apartment by yeah. his wife. And then the sports writer. Yeah. Was that not Quincy? No. Well, yeah, it was in the TV show. Okay. Okay. But in the original, I thought it was in Walter Matthau. Yes! Yeah. Yes! I love Walter Matthau. Right. Man, the, the grumpy old men. Yeah. Oh, incredible movie. Yeah. Incredible. But yeah, the Odd Couple movie was, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard Jack to Lemon find. Jack Lemmon and Walter, Walter Matthau. Yeah, it's hard to find that on like Netflix or Amazon or something. But man, that's a classic. It is. A great movie. It spurred a, a long-running TV show. I love the show, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just crazy humor like I mean just I don't know I like its subtlety it's not the damn Ace Ventura in your face all disgusting alright alright yeah what what are some of your favorite movies my stepmother is an alien Ace Ventura what's the what's the one that was on earlier today the uh, I wouldn't say they're my favorite I appreciate them you know for what they are Monty Python. I like Monty Python. I would definitely, like, Holy Grail, I would consider that one of my favorite movies. I bet you like The Princess Bride, too. Oh, love it. Absolutely. It's a family favorite, but personally, I love it. See, I'm more of an odd couple guy. Yeah, yeah, you are an odd couple guy. I would definitely concur with that. That guy, that guy Quincy, though, man, he played a great character in that. Like, he did that just as well as Walter Matthau, if not better. I'd like to know who that other guy played it in the TV show. Who played the clean guy? Uh, Tony Randall. Oh, man, great actor. Yeah. Great actor. Tony Randall played that. Yeah, I love that. I know. 
right? Do, 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 so you, do, you're do, not a fan do, of the uh, of the Princess Bride? No, I mean I watched it. it you know, it was popular. It was directed I, by I uh, a few of the jokes. What's the guy's name who uh, he played uh, the son-in-law in Archie Bunker? Oh, that guy? Yeah. No, he's he's a horrible uh, person. Right. <laughs> I know. But he, he is. He's, he What's his name? Do you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I do if uh, he, he he directed that movie. His dad just recently died. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. That guy's a horrible person. But he was he was being interviewed. He's like Harvey Weinstein's closest friend. Right. <laughs> really he was is. being interviewed and they asked him how did he choose Andre the Giant? To play uh-huh. the giant role, yeah, and he said, "Well, you know, the role called for a giant, and Andre the Giant was the only giant I knew." <laughs> I mean, where do you Rob find Reiner. a giant, Rob Reiner? Yes, yeah. I thought that that was entertaining. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, I like the, the, the my favorite scene out of that. I mean, I think the whole movie is pretty stupid, but. My favorite scene is where they're talking about whether they got the two glasses of wine. Right. And the guy's going, well, did I switch them? Or would I think that you would have thought that I would switch them? Right. And then I switched them. But then I would think that you knew that I would think that. So maybe I didn't switch them. He's like, you're stalling. And he goes, you only think I'm stalling. I don't remember that part. Oh, yeah. I've already figured you out. What is the famous line? My name is Montoya. Yeah, my name is Enrico Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. Wasn't that on a cliff? I kind of remember that being on a cliff. Oh, he says it continually throughout the whole movie. Oh. Yeah. I just remember the one scene where they're like on a cliff. No, he, he says it over and over okay. again. Because that's, that's his plan. When he finds the Person six-fingered man... Oh, he's going to well, tell why him. Why does he say it all the way through the movie? Because he tells people, "When I find this man, I will tell him my name is Enrico Montoyo. You killed my father. Prepare to die." Yes, right? That's his, his plan. Right? <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, Ray, I, I want to thank you again for joining me here in our studio for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Uh, what's our topic for today? <laughs> well, at thirty-seven minutes, you're going to ask me that. Really, it was a trick question. Oh, because you have the topic. I do, yes. A few episodes back, I told you about a job interview I went to once. Yeah. With, uh, um, well, I won't say the organization, but I was interviewing, and he says, John, you see this pen in my hand? I'd like you to sell me this pen. Oh, yeah. You shared that on the last episode. Please. I don't think it was the last one. Two episodes. Two episodes. Okay. But let's talk about uh, the sales process here for just a minute. Let's talk about, you know, selling a pen or selling a, a computer, or selling a refrigerator, selling landscaping, selling a car. What's the first step if, you know, you walk into a meeting and your goal is to sell somebody something? What's the first step, right? I think to clarify the need. Say that again. I think to clarify the need. I, I agree. I agree. I think it's identifying. First of all, let's see if you even need it. Yeah. Tell me about, you know. Why would I want to sell you something you don't need? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Tell me about why you need this. Yeah. <laughs> right? What are you looking for? Yeah, let's let's ask questions. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's find out if there is a need, and, and if so, would my product satisfy that need? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a. And then, then we can talk about how my product might satisfy that need. Amen. I think that's a pitfall that too many salespeople fall into, no matter the industry, is they start selling before they know what solution they're providing or what problem they're solving or what, you know, thorn in the side they're removing. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. So it ultimately comes down to if you don't have need for my product, yeah, I, I want to be that guy to tell you, listen, you don't need what I have. Yeah. You need something else. Now, the great thing about the car industry is we're going to be able to provide for whatever need they have if it's transport related, right? I mean, if it's to haul 22,000 pounds, yeah, I can help you. If it's to get the family to and from the soccer games, yeah, I can help you, right? If it's because, you know what, I'm, I I really have always wanted a high-performance sports car. I, I just got divorced, and I want to show my wife she screwed, oh, excuse me, my ex-wife, right. that she made a huge mistake. Yeah, I can <laughs> help you. Absolutely. I've sold many of those. Have you? Yeah, absolutely. The, the Hemi Challenger, the, yeah. the 5 Mustang, yeah. The ZR1 Corvette. Yeah. I have to wait to make this purchase until the divorce is final, or else it'll get, you know, divided <laughs> up. In the Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've also heard it the other way around. You know, I want to pay cash for this. And, yeah. uh, or, or have you ever run into the the wife who has a vehicle sitting in her garage and she's like, I don't care what you give me for it. <laughs> he loved this car and I'm ready to get rid of it. He thinks it's worth 50 grand. Right. I'll take five. I can't wait to call him up and tell him, yeah, they gave me 5000 for it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, Ray. Well, yeah, Which think, we would never. We would give it full market value. Amen. But, yeah, I think uh, we also can't get on this topic without saying step zero is to be prepared. You know, do some research. Know what your your prospect's market is. Know what the prospect's, you know, again, I'm kind of taking this approach from whether you're selling landscaping or consulting services or you're a vendor yeah, certainly in a car dealership setting, you're not going to do research before you go up and shake the guy's hand and say, welcome to Higgins Motors, right. right? But yeah, if you're a vendor or you're a consultant or you're selling services, come on, man. There's a lot of information on the web. Yeah. So yeah, do some research and learn what your client's needs may be. But yeah, if you're in the car lot, if, if you're upping somebody fresh... Then yeah, let's uh, instead of offering solutions, let's ask what the real problem is. What objective are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, here? absolutely. And if you don't start there, yeah, you, you you are missing the opportunity to truly be a consultant and a benefit to the customer because they're going to run into a lot of people who want to sell them stuff. Right. Right. Well, so, what I used to say is instead of selling. Let's help them buy. Yeah. Right? People hate to be sold, they but they love, love to, buy. to buy. Amen. Yeah. So let's find out how we can help this person get over their pain points or, or you know, accomplish their goals. All right, Ray. Well, I appreciate you joining me for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Yeah. No, as if we do this podcast together, you realize that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Together. You, you as appreciate a team. me joining you. I appreciate our as, teamwork. As if I'm joining you. I'm not joining. We're, we're, we're joining each other. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not my podcast, and you're joining I mean, me to you know, do it. It's your podcast, and it's my podcast. It's our podcast. Right? I appreciate so, uh, us joining each other. Right? I, I appreciate us joining each other as well. But I just, you know, well, I appreciate like, you joining me, like as if I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here. As hey, I was just coming in here to join you, John. I'm glad to join you today. I'm not joining well, I've been you. That. What if I say, uh, I appreciate this work that we do together? Hi, I like that better. I appreciate, uh, you know, this this uh, podcast that we put together. Amen. Together. Together, together. There you go. We are the world. We uh, are uh, the people. Okay, so thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening, and we hope you'll listen Take again. Take a brighter day, and let's start giving. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.